Hey, good evening, everyone. Uh, welcome to episode eight of the Wulong Talks podcast. Um, thanks a lot for tuning in, if you're tuning in now. Uh, and if you're listening to the audio broadcast that we do now via SoundCloud, then, um, yeah, pat yourself on the back and thank you for following us. Um, tonight's a really special podcast because we've uh, got a very, very special guest um, who's joined us for this podcast to tell us a bit about what he does. Um, we're joined by Nigel from uh, Mayamada. Uh, now, Mayamada may be a brand that you're, you're not quite familiar with at the moment, but hopefully by the end of this podcast, um, you'll be desperate to go out there and check them out because uh, what they're doing is, is really, really interesting. Um, so, Nigel, uh, thanks Hi. for joining us, man. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it's um, it's a real pleasure, man. I mean, from you know, from the moment that Richard and I uh, first met you a few years ago, back in the um, uh, MCM Comic Con, I think it was. Yeah. Um, we were really keen to uh, get you on board, just because it, it was so interesting to hear um, a little bit about <clears throat> how you all got started, and you know what kind of Mayamada means to to you, and and the way that um, the brand has grown as well, because it seems to have grown dramatically um, from the outside anyway. Um, so, you know, it's really, really interesting to, to kind of get your perspective on, on things. So thanks a lot for, for coming around, man. Um, okay, what we'll do is we'll start off quickly with uh, a bit of news as we usually do. Um, the trailer for the Ghost in the Shell adaptation was released today, which is quite fitting um, given that we're basing today's podcast around uh, anime and, and manga particularly. Um, I haven't watched the trailer yet, uh, but Alvin and Richard have done. Um, so, Richard, did you want to uh, give some views on kind of what you thought of the, the trailer and, and the 10-second clips that they've been releasing for that? Yeah, sure. Um, well, the first thing, well, in fact, uh, hey, hey, guys. Um, Hi. <laughs> um, well, the, the first thing that I really, really found interesting and I thought was like a, an ingenious plan is that they released, they didn't release just one long trailer. They released, uh, I think, five, ten second trailers. Uh, so, like, separate trailers, like, just teasers, which is, like, a really good marketing plan. I, I think, I think marketing, I think marketing since Suicide Squad has literally just, like, just people, like, the marketing teams are just getting, like, wow, like, we really need to pull our finger out and really try and push these films. Um, and, I mean, I've never really been a fan of the Ghost in the Shell series, like, the anime. Um, it's just been one of those ones that I could never really get into. Um, from what I saw of it, I, I found it really, really interesting, and it was it looks really, really pretty. Um, I mean, I mean, one of the things that one of the reasons why I'm interested in it as well is because my cousin's starring in it. She's in actually one of the the teaser trailers, and her name's uh, Adriel. Oh, wow. So yeah, so um, so yeah, um, I mean, uh, like I said, I, you can't really tell anything about what the story is for the film so far. It just looks really, really nice. Um, so that's one of two things. It's either going to be a really, really amazing film, or it's going to look really, really pretty, like Aeon of Flux um, with Charlize Theron a couple of years ago, but just be a shite film. Um, but but so far they seem to they seem to be doing pretty well. Um, so yeah, just, I'll just leave it at that and just wait for it to come out. Cool, Alvin. As a as a fan of Ghost in the Shell, um, was there anything in particular that stood out in terms of the way that they've they kind of uh, honoured the source material or, or not, as the case may be in, in that trade for you? For me, it looked like they were more going with basing what they're doing on the 
first original movie than standalone complex or arise or any of the kind of like graphic novels that they've done um there's one teaser i think it's teaser number two uh where it's well the major as they call her in this version only um where she's on a bed and she kind of takes a plug out of the back of her neck and it literally looks like uh it's the like the last shot of the opening credits of the original film it it's literally that framing it's exactly like it so the influence there is heavy from the first one even the logo that they've chosen is influenced by the first movie so it's it seems like they're going facing everything they're doing pretty much on the movie it does look actually all right as well um i mean i'm Obviously, we, didn't, we don't really get to hear anything. Uh, we, just, we don't even see any action. We just see framing of things. And it does look kind of like clinical and kind of artificial in a cyberpunk setting, which is pretty good. I mean, I, I, can't, I can't deny that actually it does look decent. Now it just all depends as to whether the acting will hold up and as to whether the story will hold up and as to whether they will actually do anything interesting and original and as to whether it will all come together. But so far, I, I wouldn't say I'm happy but I'm like, okay, you're on my radar, on that radar now. Casting yeah, mistakes aside, I'll check it out, yeah. Cool, cool. Um, Nigel, I don't know if you got the chance to see the, the trailer at all today. Um, did you? Um, I haven't, actually, so this is news for me, but uh, I was interested in hearing that they haven't released a single trailer. I've done, like, multiple ones, and it's like the effect that has on, on like, the marketing, because I feel... In some ways, that's done because of attention spans. Uh, I guess people need to have short attention spans so keeping it short, 10 seconds, and getting more out um, versus a single trailer. I think that's interesting, but I would have to check it out. Mm, yeah, I mean, it's interesting you say that. We're, we're really kind of in the, the social media generation um, right now. Uh, people really do connect with anything that, that's kind of done through through social media and, and the trailer being cut up into 10 second sort of clips um, is kind of perfect for things like sort of Instagram and Twitter exactly. where it's kind of like short videos that, that you can push out um, through social media so yeah that, that, that is a very um, very clever way of doing it. I've still got kind of mixed feelings about it because I've um, I was really really upset with the, the casting of Scarlett Johansson um, as the major, uh, it, it really bothered me. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah, that that was a controversy that really um, rumbled on, and it was it was disappointing really um, that they went down that way. But um, I'm trying to keep an open mind on it, uh, and I guess you know we'll we'll see what what they deliver for us really. But um, yeah, that was Ghost in the Shell. Um, what else was there? There was also uh, Ghost Rider making his first appearance on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. And that hasn't started yet in the UK, but uh, some clips have been released publicly for people to view on YouTube and, and various other social media as well. Um, as you guys all remember from the previous podcast, I'm a big Spirits of Vengeance fan. I'm a big fan of Marvel's uh, darker side and, and the things that they do, even though I'll admit that a lot of it is rubbish, and it's painful for me to admit that, but there you go. Um, <laughs> it is um, something that I'm really interested in, um, and there's been a lot of good kind of feedback about um, some of the images that they've posted online and, and some of the video clips. Um, Alvin, did you uh, check out any of the clips, and what did you think? 
Well, yeah, a friend of mine from the States sent me a, a recording of it. And the whole thing was, it was pretty impressive. I mean, it's not exactly how Robbie Reyes was in All New Ghost Rider, but it, it doesn't really matter. They've just got the main points in there. And obviously his transformation into Ghost Rider was for TV. In fact, just in general, it was it was really good. There was nothing crap, crummy or crappy or cheesy about it. It was just like, there's literally a scene where he's there all in one shot you just see his face like transform his like his face burns off and you just see the skull underneath and all that you can even see the a bit of his spine coming out of the back as well it was it was crazy but now i think this could be a really good season of agents of shield if they uh if they get the storytelling right as to all the other things that are going on at the same time as well but but no it was a good it was a good start and uh, everyone seemed happy Cool. Well, I mean, hopefully that, that leads to more. I mean, uh, there's been lots of things flying around on the internet today about um, where the Ghost Rider character is, is going. There's been a couple of rumours about maybe he um, may pop up in one of the Netflix shows and, you know, there's possibilities that he may be tied to the Punisher and, and things like that as well going forward. Um, so there's lots of kind of room for, for manoeuvre with the character. Um, but the fact that it's been quite well received has, has been really positive because I'm surprised that they managed to pull off those kind of complex effects on on a TV budget. Um, so this may get me watching Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. again. I don't know. I'll, I'll have to think about it. Um, I'll have to see if I can get over my um, kind of prejudice towards that <laughs> show. But, um, yeah, it may get me watching. So yeah, it'll be interesting. Um, Richard, did you see the... Ghost Rider effects on online at all? Uh, I've seen it pop up here and there. I'm actually just watching it now, but as, as we talk um, on YouTube, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of <laughs> so. Uh, but I mean, from what I saw, yeah, I, I definitely have to agree. It's the same thing. It's like for a TV show, um, yeah, like like they, they really did well with like with the special effects, especially considering that um, effects like lightning and fire and water. Like there's there's no halfway. They either look good, yeah, yeah, look bad. Like it's, it's as simple as that, <laughs> yeah. And then oh oh, and then you get shows like Manimal where they just look freaking amazing. Right? <laughs> <laughs> so, but then the but then the budget runs out because the special effects are too good. <laughs> From what I saw, I mean I'm not a fan of Agents of Shield, uh, but I definitely was impressed with what they did of Ghost Rider. And um, I think it, it you know it pretty much like Ivan said for the comic books of like how. I would imagine it to to look when he changes, and the thing is, it looks ten times better than it did in um, when Nicolas Cage played the um, Ghost Rider, which is uh, which is saying something now for the yeah. you know, goes down and, and you know what what they're willing to what they're willing to do. So yeah, so I mean, it, as I'm talking now, I'm actually watching it on TV, and I'm it actually looks pretty freaking awesome. So I'm impressed, man. I'm definitely impressed. Okay, cool, cool. Nigel, are you a fan of um, Ghost Rider at all? Um, this is a show, like, a show that I've missed this completely, so I'm not going to hear you guys talking about it, because now it's kind of making me just go and check it out, uh, especially with, I mean, TV in general, and particularly superhero shows, like the budgets, they need budgets because they set expectations with the movies, so when you come to TV, people accept, uh, kind of expect a certain level, but I haven't seen this particular show, so far. But I did have a question though. Yeah, go for it. Guys, if, um, just like, what do you think about the way Marvel art do the shows as well as the, the films? 
Yeah, that's boy. That's a good question. I mean, I, I think I'll I'll let Richard take this one because I know <laughs> this, this is a um, <laughs> this is a particularly passionate um, <laughs> subject for him. So, um, Rich Nigel was asking, uh, in case you didn't hear, um, what your views were on uh, Marvel and, and what they're doing with uh, their TV shows and their movies in general. Um, uh, where do I think they're going, or, or what's my personal opinion about them? Um, or just like how they're building out their world in the films. Um, you, you know what? I, I, let's look at this. I think it's a very, very calculated and smart way in which they're building up this universe. And so they haven't, mm. haven't really placed a step, um, placed a foot wrong. I mean, the, the smart thing that they're doing, is, which is, I'm sure, what a lot of people are probably clicked onto now, is that they're covering all corners of the Marvel universe in the comic books or how it used to be yeah. back in the day. For example, like would have had like you know i mean the best way to describe it you know when they were making um uh, the bad avengers and when norman osborne was like okay listen we're going to make the avengers like and he was describing like captain america's like okay we need the knight we need we need mm. the person who leads you need the god so you know like the, the um, uh, thor then, then you need the monster you like the hulk and whatever so you had these certain parts of the marvel universe that were specific to the marvel universe so the the with the fantastic four you had like the science aspect in that corner yeah so, like, iron man you had like the technological aspect of that corner and then you like with spider-man you had like the every man who was uh you know who represented like you know new york or, or the world so to speak and i think with the marvel universe with the film they're doing it really really well um and they seem to be doing really really well with um with the tv series as well I mean, what they, what I would like to see them do, which they don't really seem to be doing as of yet, apart from small little mentions, is that they need to start trying to tie all these things together. Okay. This is going to be a bit of, it's going to be a bit, a bit too disjointed for me. Yeah, I feel like they're laying out the foundations now. Yeah. And they're going to start tying things together a bit closer. Yeah. Well, 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 I hope so. I mean, the thing is, I mean, like we've all, we've had two seasons of Daredevil. We've had a season of. Of uh of Jessica Jones, so we're kind of yeah, hard, watch that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, no, yeah. I can't wait for I can't wait for Luke Cage. So I mean, like, <laughs> yeah. we're way through the TV show, well, the TV, the first, let's call it like the first. Could we could we say it's like the first um the first phase of the TV shows? Yeah, we're kind of like we're kind of like halfway through, but in it like with something like Agents of Shield or like on another network. Obviously, I'm sure that's causing some form of problems where, like, they might not be allowed to mention certain things, but yet they're still based in the same universe. So I think mm. once they've got all of those little bits and pieces just ironed out, it's, it's literally going to be like, it's just going to be awesome, man. I mean, like, you keep, people keep on saying this whole thing of, like, DC versus Marvel, Marvel versus DC, and one's better than the other. Listen, the, the proof is in the pudding. It's not about one being better than the other or, you know, being loyal to, you know, one over the other. It's about one it's about all of them putting out good work yeah. and you know fans and dc as much as they want to be different they still really need to look at like the blueprint for what marvel are using and still use it they didn't they didn't originate the, the blueprint they just took a blueprint and just you know and just did really well with it mm. so i think if dc were to take a take a leaf out of that book really well because right now they're they're just skating on the nice but um but <laughs> I'm really, really, I'm really happy with what they're doing. Cool. Okay. Yeah, I think I agree. I like the way that it's it's coming together. Uh, I can kind of see how they're. You can see like the way they're sketched in the films and everything. How they're 
planning to put pieces together and bring it uh, bring it together like the Avengers. They you know do the individual films and bring it together in the uh, the Avengers, and you can see that in the future releases. So I kind of like to see where they're going with it. Yeah. Yeah, no, definitely, definitely. Yeah, cool, man. So, I mean, for sure. I think it's. Um, I think that's kind of the way, way we we all feel about it. Really, is that it's something that's that's coming together um, really well. You can see the different components that are are all being did into to place, and um, I think it's really only a matter of time before you start to get that that full convergence between the the television um, world and the movie world. Um, although there are, there's kind of, from what I've read anyway, there's a lot of um, Hollywood politics at play as well between um, the two different divisions that, that handle things between the, the, the movies and, and the TV side. Um, so that's something that they've got to overcome as well. But um, yeah, I mean, in terms of what they've done, in terms of having like a vision for their, their characters and for a way in which they've wanted to tell a long-term story, both through television and through movies, they they seem to be you know, really mastering it. Um, so <laughs> it's down to everybody else to play to play catch up now and to, to try and, and keep up with them. Um, Alva, do you agree with that? Yeah, man. Everything that you said has been uh, like on point. It's like since since Iron Man came out, it's like when it's come to like how they're gonna do things and how things are gonna tie together and the next movies that are com- gonna come out in the phases it's pretty much been flawless. I mean, the only things I can really criticize is maybe some of the villains in some of the movies have been like on the weaker side or, you know, they just showed up one time and they died or what have you. But other than that, it's it's pretty flawless. Pretty much more or less. I mean, even the TV stuff has been pretty good. Yeah. I've not found any of it really substandard. Um, mostly I've mostly enjoyed it. So man, I can only look forward to more Marvel stuff. Like, you know, Luke Cage, obviously, which is here not next week. And then, obviously, we're going to have Iron Fist soon and all that kind of... I just can't wait. Every time there's a new Marvel thing, I do get excited because I know it's it's going to be it's gonna be tight. I mean, like, DC, I feel bad for because maybe they should have just followed that Marvel blueprint, like you were saying earlier, instead of trying to just, like, jump in at the deep end, which obviously doesn't work because now they're, like, doggy paddling. It's like they're trying to follow the blueprint now. Like, I don't know if it's too late. As I was just saying, it seems like they're trying to follow that blueprint now. I don't know if it's too yeah. late, but... Yeah. But, well, you, you know what it is? Like you said, like, they're trying to follow the blueprint now, but what, they, what like I said, what everyone seems to be getting is, like we said, that with Marvel, they started off very, very slow and with one character. Yeah. Like, if you think about it, when you look at like, the Avengers or, like, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. or, like, anything else, or, like, when you see some crossovers, like, um, you might see Jessica Jones and you might see, like, the, the Night Nurse appear. You don't blink an eyelid. When you watch the Avengers, uh, and, they're, and they're all like any of the Avengers movies, and they're all in the same room, like, it just, it just feels natural now. Like, mm. hey, 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 there's... Yeah, okay. Oh, wait, wait, he's going. He's leaving halfway through the film. Yeah, that means he's going to his own film. It's, it feels natural. Whereas, like, when you're okay. watching, like, yeah. the, like, the Justice League, and you see Batman, you know, going around to all these other characters, and you're just like... Kind of forced, man. Like you're trying to make me like these people. I don't even know these people. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, yeah. I think that's 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 just that's that wraps it up in a nutshell. I think just that. Cool, cool. All right, man. Well, 
let's get down to it. Where we've as I said we've got our guest Nigel here. Um, so Nigel, I'm going to let you take the floor for a minute. Um, if you want to just let everybody know a little bit about uh, Mayamada the uh, brand and um, how it kind of got started and and you know where you're at right now. Okay. Yeah. Sure. Uh, actually, it's funny because uh, today, earlier today and yesterday, I've been doing a freshers' fair at our college and uh, just speaking to students. So I've like given this pitch like over and over again in the last 24 hours. So apologies if this sounds very robotic. I'm trying to make it not that. Um, but yeah. So I'm a co-founder of Mayamada, which is a Japanese-inspired character brand. Uh, myself and uh, my partner now, who you guys have met um, at yeah, different comic conventions, we just created our own universe of characters. We've taken like, the manga style and created something original from it. So we have our own characters, we've created our own universe, which is a television network, and each of the comics that we write um, and put out are actually shows on the network. Uh, so each one represents a show and there's a different set of characters, different stories within that. So we do comics, we do clothing as well. So we kind of do the two things side by side and everything features our characters. So we'll have uh, like Samurai Chef is one of our comics and we'll have like a Samurai Chef t-shirt, Samurai Chef hat, uh, things like that. So everything links together. And then we also do events as well. So We've been doing events for uh, for a while, actually, since we came up with the idea. But more recently, we started building a, uh, a gaming event uh, as a way to build a community around our brand. So we do a few things, and it's all under the same universe. So whether it's a comic or a t-shirt, or you come to an event, you kind of you get that Mayamada experience. Um, so we've been doing this since. 2011, we first came up with the idea for My Matter, and through different uh, different efforts, trial and error, lots of trial and error, we've developed our like a line of comic books. Um, we've got three stories out now. We're working on another one at the moment, and we've got a line of clothing, and like I mentioned, the event. So we're now here at uh, 2016, and you know we've built some kind of following around our brand, people that see us at conventions, people that come to our events. Uh, we've been featured in a few places in Vogue and GQ and Neo Magazine. Uh, if any of you readers watch, uh, so read that. Our comics have been in there. Our events have been in like, um, Even Standard and Retro. So we're at the stage of getting our brand out uh, on a wider, wider scale, so people can, you know, recognise the brand name. All about. All right, cool. Yeah, but the, I mean, it's as I said at the, the top of the show. You know, it's really interesting to see kind of how um, the, the brand has grown. Because I mean, we've only, you know, no, we've only kind of seen uh, myself and Richard have only kind of seen a snapshot of, of um, how. Um, my mother is, is, is kind of growing, but it, it's been really fascinating to see the way it's just developed into to various different um, campaigns. Um, could you tell me a little bit about uh, the Be Creative um, campaign? Because I've, I've seen a lot of um, stuff around social media for that. 
Um, so what's been kind of you know the idea behind that and, and getting that out there? Yeah, uh, so like as a brand, we believe in creativity. Actually, as a brand, as people, just we believe in the power of creativity and uh, the need for us as a society to encourage more creativity, particularly in young people as they go through like, school and college. Because I don't know how you guys have found it, but kind of see people go through school and have their creativity squeezed out of them just because of the way the system. Uh, the system is you kind of you know you, you have to learn to take the test to move to the next level and there's not much room for creativity there but then you get out of school and into the world we have now where you know more people are starting businesses uh, even even within companies kind of expected to think outside of the box but we're not we're not uh, preparing young people for that uh, enough so just in general as a brand we want to be people that represent uh, creativity and can inspire other people to, you know, develop and embrace their creative talent. So that's where the idea for this campaign uh, came from, this Be Creative campaign. And uh, what we've done earlier this year is we've brought together different creative people. So, so guys, girls, um, diff different ethnicities and different creative talents. And we've all They've all been asked the same question, what does creativity mean to you? Uh, and they've been given a bunch of like colouring pens and uh, paint and uh, at one point glitter, there's a lot of glitter around the place. And they this this sign, this message that says what creativity means to them. And by expressing that, by allowing people to express that, we wanted to start a discussion and encourage others to also express what creativity means to them and then share that on social media. So that's the thinking behind the campaign. And we've just started it and we're working on putting out the images which you guys have seen on social media and then also encouraging people to create and share their own messages, say what creativity means to them. Okay, cool. It's, yeah, it's, it, as I said, it's just been interesting to kind of follow the, the whole um, campaign really in the way it's it's been put together and um, you know the, the point you made about uh, the creativity um, not being kind of cherished and, and nurtured in in young people mm. is um, is really pertinent because um, you know I remember uh, a long time ago when I was growing up and I wanted to do drama at one stage I was like convinced I was going to be an actor and um, it just seemed like when you got to school, particularly because um, you know I'm of a certain age as people who listen to this podcast know. Um, so you know, particularly in the era when I was going to school, it just kind of seemed like no, you you kind of were steered towards um, you know more rigid academia and and less. Yeah. There was much less encouragement um, towards your your creativity. We had art class maybe um, you know once a week for an hour um, English sort of literature and language was more about kind of teaching you um, the basics of punctuation and, and you know grammar and things like that mm. um, without really kind of trying to encourage you to use those things in in uh, in any kind of creative way and it was all about kind of getting people to just pass exams as you as you said you know um, yeah. And it's a shame because it, there's there's so many people out there with um, you know huge amounts of, of creativity, with 
within them um, with lots of ideas and lots of different things that, that they want to explore um, or have always wanted to explore and never really got that opportunity at a, at a, t at a stage of their life where they really should have been um, encouraged. Yeah. So, um, no, I agree. I think, uh, I mean, I was reading, uh, I was reading a book about, well, book about creativity uh, in schools uh, and it came up with an example of Paul McCartney and it just stopped me because they were saying like he hated music class in school uh, and that's Paul McCartney. <laughs> like, I mean, obviously he turned out okay, but you think the, the number of people whose talents are going in a sense because of the way like, things are taught and I mean to your point about Sort of the, the hierarchy of um, of subjects. So you've got your you know your science, your English, your, your maths at, at the top, and this is the one people try to stay to. And when you uh, want to do your drama, your music, your arts, uh, that's kind of looked at as not serious. But uh, it's funny because um, I'm someone I did I did actually did engineering in university, so I, I went down that path and now doing something different. So I've kind of seen the value in, in both. And for us, it's not saying that everyone needs to be creative and do, um, do like dance or do like drama, but it's just saying creativity exists in all these forms and we need to be more mindful of, you know, if someone has a particular talent in drama uh, and in, in, in music and they're serious about that, you know, we can, we can nurture that, we can develop that, and it can be successful uh, in that path. It's not. It's not about saying that's not serious. You know, forget that. Do this serious thing. So that's really what the campaign is about. Just trying to, you know, show awareness that creativity exists in in all these different forms, uh, in all these different people. Hmm. Yeah. Exactly that. I mean, it, it, it's. Yeah, it's not as you said. Um, it's not about you know trying to get everybody to to be an artist, um, but it's just giving people the opportunity to explore it so that those who do uh, really kind of uh, find an attachment to to the arts um, in whatever form they come in, whether that be art, music, um, you know, drama, what, whatever it is, that they get that opportunity to express that um, because you never know what can come out the the other side, you know. So yeah, that, that's that's yeah. um, very true and and really really um, fascinating to hear um, what you guys have been doing with the campaign. Um, I, you know, it looks like it's. It's going well, and it looks like a lot of people are um, a, a kind of uh, interacting with that side of things as well. So, yeah. hopefully, that that will bring good things um, going forward. Um, lads, did you want to um, add anything with regards to that as well, uh, Alvin or Rich? Yeah. Um, well, look at, uh, you know, like basically just talking, saying the same thing about what you guys are saying is, I mean, like we come from a we come from a generation where, you know, like you said, like being creative was was very very stifled. Especially if you came from a particular background, like you know, like Jay. I think even last time Nigel, when we saw when we saw it like hyper Japan and we were like cracking jokes, like you know, if you came from like you know an African background or a Caribbean background, <laughs> <laughs> and it, like listen, there's one point I wanted to be a stuntman, yeah. Like now I remember telling my dad that my dad was like, what, a stuntman? You can't be a stuntman. <laughs> <laughs> now if you think about it, like I could, 
I could have been like a stunt man for like, you know, because I, I know I'm good at my shit. I could have been a stunt man for like Denzel Washington right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or I said I, I said I wanted to be like an athlete. When you know when Lincoln Christie was really at like at its height, like the early yeah. 90s. My dad was like, you, you can't be an athlete. Like that, that's not a job. You know? And then um but I, I always remember, like you know, like you were saying trying to try to nurture these children to like, go to follow their, their passions and their creativeness and their happiness. Hmm. I used to have uh, an English teacher called Miss Opolinska, a Polish lady. She's actually an actress now. Okay. And she's been on uh, BBC Three. It looked, it looked like, a, like a sitcom about these um, schoolgirls on BBC Three. I think it was a couple of years ago. There was like a black girl, Asian girl, and a white girl, and it's about them just like you know just being schoolgirls in secondary school. And she plays one of the the mothers. Um, or one of the neighbors of like one of the families, um, and she was like a big Rip Mail fan, and you could tell that she that she came from drama, uh, but uh, but you know, but she had to find a job, so she said, okay, let me teach drama, and teach English. And she was always trying to push us to be creative, man. And, and I remember look, and when I look back at it now, beautiful thing, like like she 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 just always used to try and she never forced us to do anything, but if she saw that you enjoyed something, and she was like, yeah, then you know, then, then go for it. Hmm. And um, and, and it's funny you mentioning Paul McCartney, um, Nigel, because I think there's a, true is, but I know there's a famous story on the internet about when um, John Lennon was was a kid and his teacher asked him, or the teacher asked him, you know, what was it? What do you want to be when you grow up? Yeah. And he happy. And I think that's something that you that's that's something that you will never have, or something that you can't have, or something like that. And he basically basically turned around and said something like, "Well, you're the person in the wrong profession." And it's just that you know, and it's just that whole thing of like, as kids, like you have this this fearlessness and this creativity. That as you get older, all these all these stigmas and you know and, and blocks and obstacles start to get put in your way until you until you forget, you know, until you forget who you are. So like you saying that you know you went to university and you studied engineering, that that was obviously not your that was obviously not your career path. So, like, <laughs> so no, to, so to see you doing this, it's like it's it's, it's a great thing, man. Or to see anybody but also like being an inspiration to other people, I, I, I salute you. Take my hat off to you, man. So that's that's oh, what I have. Definitely, man. I think you know that's the one thing that hopefully we'll we'll get out of this today is um is just how inspirational um. The, the, the story is, you know, of of the way that um, you and Lau have been able to construct uh, my Amado and, and to build it and to grow it and and all through using, um, you know, significant amount, amounts of, of creativity. That's, that's definitely um, the, the part that I hope that, that people take away from this. I'm sorry, Alv, did you want to uh, come in and add anything about your experiences? Creatively? Yeah, I mean, mine's a little bit different from you you guys is because just the school that I went to like you know there was a lot of drama teachers and that who used to encourage I didn't like drama when I first started it I hated like being on stage and that and then slowly got into it did a couple of school plays and all that kind of thing and then I really really started to like it um I did it 
in university as a degree as well, did it at A-level. So I, I was kind of lucky that like I had people like around me who said, look, you can do this. And then like, you know, eventually you begin to believe it and you become confident about it. Uh, and I think drama is like a real confidence builder, especially for things like public speaking, because there's kids nowadays that like can't even stand up in a room in front of people and speak. You know what I mean? It's just a room full of yeah. people and stuff like that. But yeah, again, art, I enjoyed art, even though I wasn't that great at it either. You know what I mean? And like, obviously this whole kind of like, manga thing that you're doing as well man that's like i've just been looking at like the pictures and that and it it it, it all see it all looks legit it doesn't look like imitation it looks like it is it looks like it is something that's been translated to english that was in japanese to me so like congrats on that man because it looks it looks totally authentic you know what i mean so and that's well, a great thing you. we do actually get that a lot at common conventions where um people have seen that sort of me or um, or Lao are just some guys like who's selling this stuff. So we kind of now got into a habit of starting our conversation with uh, this is actually our brand and mm. we create this. And yeah, it's kind of funny, you know, in a weird way, but yeah, just people assume that we've got nothing to do with this and we're just some guys. <laughs> we kind of have to tell them that I actually know where the where guys are in this. Mm, it's funny because I was going to ask that actually as well about what um, people's you know initial reactions are when they see you and Lau, um, yeah, you know, working uh, on the brand and, and, <laughs> and presenting the brand out. I can imagine you get a yeah a variety of responses, but um, yeah, we'll come we'll come back to that. But um, yeah, let's dive into uh, some of these questions. So we prepared a, a couple of questions for you. Um, Alvin, did you have any questions yourself that you wanted to ask, or do, do, do you want to ask them now, or should me and Richard just jump in? No, you and Richard jump in. Yeah, okay. Um, Richard, do you have your questions to hand, or? Uh, I don't know, because um, they're on my phone. Oh, yeah, 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 that's right, that's right. Well, would, do you remember any of them? Um, yeah, uh, no, in fact, I can remember quite a few of them. Yeah, uh, But it might okay. be, not be, like, in any form of order, Nigel, I hope you don't yeah. mind. But uh, yeah, you know, cool. man. So like, you, you could, um, one of them was like a, if you could work with like a, let's say another artist, or do like a maybe a, like a collaboration with, with somebody else, like a, like who, mm. who would be who would, who would you be your dream, you know, to work with? Oh wow, that is a good question. Um, another artist. Another, so no, or another writer. I mean, but basically in in, in the same vein, like of, of what you're doing now. Uh, I think, so for artists, actually, <clears throat> this is sort of artist and brand, but um, there's a brand called Tokidoki, uh, and it's, it's a, it's, again, it's another, like, Japanese-inspired brand with, uh, with a world of characters, and um, the guy behind that is also the artist, and I think I have a lot of respect for his brand, and in terms of, <clears throat> sorry, uh, and in terms of, yeah, collaborations, that would be a really cool one. Uh, another collaboration would be cool is, um, so I'm just kind of, the name escapes me. Um, the guy who, one of my favorite mangas is Lupin, or Lupin the Third. Yeah. The style of the character and the way it comes out. Uh, and that would be great because that would be a good collaboration for uh, a story in my my Matter universe to get like a character like Lupin uh, in the my Matter universe. Although our characters are all animals, so maybe we'd have to like transform him, fit him into a show or something. 
Yeah. Okay. Okay. No, 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 no. I mean, the only reason I was asking is literally just because, like I said, like, like we've discussed before in, in this podcast and like when me and Jason have spoken about you, is that you've, you've taken something, like you said, and you've and you indicated it perfectly, but made it your own. And to tell the truth, my person, I mean, not say that I'm birthing all from a book out there, I'm still quite, quite close minded on, on what I read certain times, depending on the day or the week. Um, but the last person I saw who did something what you're doing now was that was that boom when you had like um the all the all the artists that came from Marvel. So you you had like Joe Maggiero, um J. Scott Campbell, um and Humberto Ramos, and I think Michael Turner. But mm. um Joe Maggiero for definite because literally I think he brought in that Japanese animation style to like American style comic, and literally everybody and their grandmother from that point on was trying to imitate his style. But like I said, yeah. like, he took a style and, and Johnny made it his own. I mean, he, unfortunately, he wasn't the greatest of storytellers, and, and you kind of saw that when he tried to go, when he tried to go independent and make his own comic book, Battle Chasers. But he, but he still took something that was generally a, you know, a style of art, and made it his own. And so, like like Alvin was saying as well, um, that's something that you've done. So, like I was literally just saying that you know, that it popped into my head of like you know, if you could work with somebody, who would it be? Because right now. I don't think I know anybody that's doing what you're doing along those lines. Um, so that that's that's it's kind of unique, actually. It's, um, and again, our, our characters being animals, uh, the mix of the stories within this universe—it's yeah, quite a big undertaking. I mean, when I when I mentioned the question about Marvel and how they're building out the universe, that's something that is always on my mind because you know, while I enjoy the films. Um, watch the shows where I can. It's it's also a case of me taking notes and seeing how they you know, how they plan things out and how this one show links into the into the other and then thinking how we can do a similar thing because um essentially we're we're also world building so we gotta think about things like that. So it's like a good learning experience to see what these other guys are doing. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, definitely with um, with uh, the books that you've put out so far, uh, you can really see um, the kind of world building that, that you guys are doing um, with the brand, and you can see the way that uh, the characters kind of inter interact with each other and the storylines kind of interlink with one another as well. Um, but you're doing it in a way that's, that's very fresh. Um, Richard, I'm going to nick one of your questions. Um, what uh, kind of inspired you guys to choose uh, animals um, as the main characters rather than say the traditional kind of people uh, that, that you would see okay so we had we had a, uh, a choice like at the very beginning when we came up with the idea I was trying to think like how how are we going to represent our characters and we had a choice of humans obviously uh, animals and I think at the time I also suggested robots or some kind of android uh, thing because I thought that would be cool. So we had a choice and then we went with animals because we felt that like our thing is about we didn't want people to have to be super into anime or manga to get into our brand uh, and we felt that if we had our characters as humans uh, another manga so for the average person they look at it see and say that looks like a, another manga, um, I'm not into it, I'm not even going to look at it. Uh, so we thought we'd be unique and 
and yeah, use animals to make all our characters anthropomorphic. And even for those people who aren't into comics or um, anime or manga, they can look at us and say, oh, there's a monkey with a chef's hat. That's, I get that, that's interesting uh, to me. Let me check this out. So it's just, we thought it'd be a way of being more, I guess, accessible to people. And then you can kind of bring them in and say, you know, here's, here's comic, here's uh, clothing, uh, take a look at, you know, uh, take a look at our brand. But as a way to pull people in uh, and make it interesting, we went with animals. Okay, yeah, okay, the reason why I came up for that question, um, sorry, Jay, you because you asked it, so yeah, sorry, so yeah, I just jumped in like quick. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it's all right, man. Um, it's cool. Yes. I mean, uh, as I said, I kind of nicked your question, so go ahead and um, and ask. Okay, no, no, take the, it back. The, yeah, sorry, yeah, 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 I take, I take it back. Yeah, okay, thank take you. Sir. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, no, the reason why I asked that question is because. Like you said about it being accessible, that is um, for like you know, for, let's say people are uh, like a, a particular style of thing. But mm. for me, it wasn't just it was it was the whole thing of that. There's no. Um, yeah. Yeah, like color seems to go out the window, and you know, like certain like certain things seem to go out the window. So like literally, you know, it's all about yeah. like, you know representation and things like that. And that's what I found really, really fresh about about the characters that you're using when you brought this in as well. The whole thing. Okay. Like, like you, know, you could you could just go in there, and I'm like, yeah, man, I like monkeys. Yeah. So I'm a light samurai. I like yeah. monkeys. But it doesn't matter whether he's a brown monkey or a white monkey. Yeah. <laughs> he's no, just that's true. Actually, that's a really good point. Yeah. Yeah, we did. Uh, yeah, someone asked us about that at a convention. I think it was a uh, language of Japan last time. Uh, they were saying that like, you know, did you guys do that to? sort of sidestep the issue of, of race and I guess not speaking directly to race but yeah, in a way it was like yes we just wanted to remove um, you know just not have that be a distraction having said that uh, in some of our stories you, I guess you can kind of tell the, the characters um, uh, like background and, and the way they, they speak I guess that kind of comes to the sort of our background is in there but in general, it's it's yeah, it's just these are characters, and and for the characteristics that they display and the personalities, and uh, and yes, if you like monkeys or if you like tigers or or whatever. So I think again, just on the accessibility side, like you say, it's it's just yeah, just like the characters for the characters. Okay, yeah, cool. No, no, that's that's really like you said. I mean, that that's that's always the thing. Like, there's there's always going to be some form of background. That's gonna that's gonna yeah. lead to where they're from. Like for example, like if you watch Thundercats, I don't give a damn what anybody else says. <laughs> Panthro is black. Yeah, that like Panthro has <laughs> got the board. <laughs> yeah, sometimes you can tell. Sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> the, the same thing for Piccolo from what's it called from from Dragon Ball yeah, Z. Yeah, Dragon Ball Z. Yeah, yeah. Like, there's the night. <laughs> like, but. Yeah. You know, you talk him up a little bit, and he's accessible to anybody because obviously yeah. it boils into like this essence of the character. Like, he's a strong man, yeah. or he's a leader, or he's a villain, or he's this. So yeah, no, 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 exactly. Cool, man. That's that's really really cool. Okay, cool. Um, I'm gonna jump in with a couple of uh, questions here. Alf, did you want to add anything? Sorry, before we move. Can on? Can I just ask a question before yours? Yeah, go for it. Yeah. So Nigel, what's it like, kind of, well, competing with the big boys? And have they taken notice of like what you guys are doing and 
has like you got any compliments from any kind of like big artists and writers? Uh, yeah, actually, we have. Um, I don't know if you guys know an artist called Hugh J. He's someone that's worked with. He's worked with Marvel. He's worked with Disney as well. He's worked on some big things, and he does his own sort of his own comics and characters. And we met him at a comic convention a few years ago, and he read. Uh, so this was when we had the first volume. And I think I sent him, I sent it to him in like a digital format, sending out the ebook, and I got I got a call. And actually, I sent him the copy of the book. I went away. I came back to my phone. I had like I think five missed calls from him or something. Uh, I panicked for a bit because I felt that either so like you know a bunch of missed calls. I thought either he really likes what I sent him. Or he really hates it and he wants me to stop like right now. That's why it's important. So yeah, so I kind of I, I called him back. Uh, we spoke and he said like this this is the best um, sort of manga outside of Japan that I've seen in the last ten years. I just remember that like till now uh, and and forever. Just him to compliment us on uh, that level and I think on. I'm getting feedback from people in a weird way. It's always nice to get that kind of feedback from people who don't know you. So obviously people who know you, they will be supportive and say, yeah, what you're doing is great. And that's fine. Like I, I accept all compliments. Um, but for people who don't know you, you know, he didn't have to call me. He didn't even have to read the book, but he did. He called me and just said, yeah, this is some of the best work I've seen outside of um, Japan. And that just meant a lot. So, uh, that's the one that stuck out in my head. Okay, what was wow. that guy's name? Uh, Hugh J. Hugh J. Hugh J. Yeah. Yeah. H U W hyphen J. At least that's how I got it in my phone Okay. Cool. Is he on Instagram as well? No, he's not much on social media. I think he's one of these guys because I see some artists like they're not just it's not big on social media. They just they just do the work. Yeah. Uh, so he's on Twitter. And I'm gonna. Uh, let me see. Because his name isn't UJ on Twitter, so I'm gonna find that out. I might shout it out while we're on. Yeah, well, yeah, no worries, man. Cool, man. But that that's an amazing validation of, of what you're doing as well for somebody to um to to come up with you know with with feedback like that. That really must have just been um. So inspirational for, for both of you to get like feedback that strong and, and that strongly positive. Um, yeah. 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 It's really encouraging. And yeah, I mean he even recently just tweeted some of our our work, just gave us a shout out on um on Twitter and that kind of encourages you to, to do more when you know that someone who you know knows what knows what they're talking about says, Yeah, this is good stuff and uh, keep doing it. Yeah, yeah, that's really cool, man. Um, Alf, did you have yeah. anything else? Or good? Oh, actually, sorry. Uh, I just realised I kind of went off on a tangent and missed your actual question in terms of like competing with the big boys. That was a question, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. That was the first okay. bit, yeah. All right, so let me come back to that first bit. And um, I'd say that it's when you're creating uh, something new, it's a uh, challenge. It is tough. So, you know, it's no, I want uh, sugar club. It's a, it's a tough thing to create something new, especially within um, like 
comics when people are really passionate about you know existing characters that have been around for uh, for decades and um, so I mean we do a lot of comic conventions and we get a mix of people so we do get people like like you guys who sort of see what we're doing and come over uh, and take a look um, and you know that's always the best best response but then you do get people who are they, they look at what we've got they say at least in their minds they say you know I don't recognize these characters and I'm just going to move on uh, and then we get kind of people in the middle who uh, it's, it's funny because you'll see people like come to our store and they'll they'll stop and I think they're kind of searching their memory whether they recognize these characters uh, and they've got this like puzzled look on their face and then at that point we kind of you know you you say okay uh, this is who we are this is who the characters are uh, and then when they learn that um, you know first of all they learn that we're not just some guys we are the creators of the of the brand and they're like oh wow this is really cool so. I think you do get a range of responses, and it is it is a challenge because a lot of what we do is is basically education. Just saying, people, saying to people, "This is who we are. This is what the brand is," and doing that over and over again. So that's the challenge when you're competing against, um, you know, like other comics, like from uh, from Marvel, the you know, Shonen comics um, as well, and just getting people to stop and take notice. I guess someone who's doing each work. Yeah, I can imagine that must be um, a, a real challenge because um, we've certainly seen for ourselves at the, the times that we've been at, at conventions um, how varied the response can be sometimes from from people. Um, I know you know um, uh, the artist uh, Joseph King. Um, yes, yeah. We we met him. Um, it's a really cool at, uh, London. Yeah, really cool. Uh, for people watching and uh, listening, um, Joseph King's work is, is really fantastic. We're hoping to get him on uh, the show soon as well. Hopefully. Um, but he, we were talking to him about you know, kind of the, his experiences at conventions and, and the kind of things he, he deals with. And he was saying to us at London Super Comic Con that somebody came over to um, his store where he had some of his artwork out. And, um, someone said, oh, that's really clever. Um, you know, you've drawn yourself in all of these pictures. So he, <laughs> so he had to explain to the to this person, no, that that's wow. not for me. They're actually British music artists that I, you know, give an artistic rendition of. They're not for me. <laughs> that is. <laughs> that's that's but, really but that, in a sad way. <laughs> it is, yeah. Really it's, it's, it's really funny and also really, really depressing as well because you're like, really? Yeah. Like, really? <laughs> There's so much in all that, like, to him. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't know. So, yeah, I can imagine um, you guys are, uh, do have those, those challenges to face. Um, and speaking yeah. of challenges, um, I'm going to ask uh, the boring question now. Um, has... <laughs> Brexit had any noticeable impact on uh, the brand at all? Because I know there's um, some people I've, I've spoken to within like sort of um, comic book industry or, or the arts who are saying that um, you know almost as soon as, as the vote was cast and the decision was made, they, they had a real tail off in in their business. So has there been anything that that's affected you guys in in that regard? Yeah, we haven't had a massive. Uh, effect for us. I think 
we notice people, you know, around our uncertainty, uh, unwilling to spend, and sort of going back to, uh, you know, unknown unknown entities. Um, when people, you know, aren't in a mood to spend money, and you're an unknown entity, then you're kind of even less likely to spend with you. So uh, we have seen that a bit in in recent comic conventions, but nothing that I would say is a is a major hit for us. Uh, to be honest, so one of the things that uh, did impact me is that actually I was in California when the the vote was uh, when the vote was going on, the voting was going on, and I was doing a comic convention shortly after, and I had a lot of Americans. I basically became the spokesperson for Brexit for the UK while I was in America. And everyone is asking, oh, you're, you're British. I'm like, yes, uh, obviously the accent, the giveaway. And, oh, so, you know, how about that Brexit thing? And, yeah, America, I was surprised, actually. Americans knew um, a lot about Brexit. Well, one, they knew it was happening, which was uh, more than, I guess, more pe- most people give them credit for. But they were, you know, I said, oh, how's, how's that going to affect you? And it's every so often I get someone come up and ask. But... Uh, in terms of like impacting the business, it hasn't been a major impact um, on us because a lot of our sales come from the UK anyway. Aside from the whole people unwilling to spend, and um, we haven't seen a huge impact. Hmm. Yeah, it's um, it, it's interesting because there's this whole uncertainty around um, what Brexit actually means, um, particularly for. Um, smaller businesses like yourselves and um, you know entrepreneurs and things like that um, it's clear that we that none of us really know what brexit is going to mean in terms of um, business. I think that's part of it yeah yeah I think I mean we have like right now we're still in the EU so you know going past that initial shock and, and outrage I think the impact hasn't actually been seen yet so uh, to a large extent, outside of the the, the panic, basically, and, and all the projections. So I think it's kind of a case of wait to see what happens when we actually start the motions to, you know, get out and, and what that means for, especially, you know, trading uh, trading overseas, which is something we actually uh, hope to do within the next year. So it could be, you know, uh, I'm back here next time saying, oh, it's terrible. Wow, it was the worst thing that ever happened. But... Uh, for now, it's like we'll just wait to see what happens. Cool, cool, fair enough. Um, either if you want to add anything, Alvin, Rich. No, 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 no. That's cool. Cool. Um, okay, well, that was going to bring me to the the next question anyway, which was to ask you um, about your experiences in the US, because uh, um, you know when when we saw you last, you were talking a little bit about. Um, the fact that you're out in in California. Um, so, what was it like? I mean, we, <laughs> how did you find the the convention scene different um, in America as opposed to the UK? And were the Americans quite receptive to to what you guys were doing, or were they unsure about it? Um, yeah, and just kind of your general experiences, really. Okay. Uh, yeah. I mean, I'm just going to go straight to the cliche of like everything's bigger in America because that that was the case. <laughs> Uh, so I went to Anime Expo in California, which happens uh, July, July 1st or 4th. Like it, it happens over the Independence Day weekend every year. 
and uh, it takes place in the LA Convention Center, and it is huge. Like it's, I mean, we the biggest convention we have here is like Comic Con, and that's like 130,000. And I think I don't know, I might double check the numbers, I'm sure it's like double that, but it's just it just takes up so much space, and it was kind of frustrating because. I didn't get to see so much of it because I was there. Um, I had some help on some of the days, but yeah, I just had to be behind the table for a lot of it. And it was just a shame I didn't get to see all of the exhibition area or all of the, the center. Uh, so I think that was the first impression I had of it. It's just, it's a, such a big show. And in terms of the people, the, the enthusiasm is just, um, yeah, I don't know, it's just like, Everyone's so, I guess it's American, so people are just really outgoing and um, like ready to ask questions and, you know, what is this? Like, where does this come from? And, oh, you're British. Where's that? Where's your accent from? What part of Britain are you from? And just like, I think as a, as a foreign person in, in America, there was a lot of interest, like when I started speaking to people. Uh, and then in terms of, they is on, just a different level um, because the yeah the like the professionalism and I guess they've been doing it you know they got more opportunities to to cosplay than we have here but it's yeah just really impressive what people put together I mean in terms of the brand we had you kind of you get some of that same you know uh, what is this who are these characters I don't recognize them and I think that when I was going there I I had the expectation that people would still want to know about the brand. So I kind of tried to get out of um, the frame of mind of Americans, just like throw money at things because that's, you know, that's how we see them. And I kind of took it as a way for me to go there and educate people on, on who I am uh, and, and what the brand is. So I think it, it turned out that way that people just wanted to know more about uh, more about the brand, more about the products and the characters, but you still had to to let people know what it is before they sort of jump on it. Uh, I think that was that was the key thing I found. Okay, cool. Yeah, I imagine because uh, with uh, the Americans and and the way that they kind of um, consume their entertainment and things like that, you ima you kind of imagine that you would have to in your case, um, have to do a, a, a little bit more kind of uh, explanation and a little bit more convincing maybe about what yeah. uh, my Armada is about um, in order to make that connection with them. Um, yeah. But I also imagine that if you can make that connection with, with some of them, then they'll enthusiastically um, be involved in it. Is, has that been the case? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, definitely. I, I definitely got that. So, like, the people who <laughs> there just, like, like, I love this, so I'll take that and that and that and I'm good, like, put it in the bag and I'm, and I'm off. So uh, I think they, yeah, they just really, they are really enthusiastic and the, the passion is there. And I think for conventions in general, particularly ones in a new market, like abroad, you kind of have to, you have to build up a reputation. Um, so when I was there, I spoke to, actually, I spoke to a, a brand called Boomslank. And I don't know if you guys have heard of them. No. Uh, no, I don't so think so. Okay, so they're a cool brand. You should uh, check them out. They're, hmm. they're three brothers from 
originally from um, Nigeria, actually, and they've moved to uh, America at a young age, and they've started this this anime brand, and they do original artwork and posters. Um, on, so posters of T-shirts, all of their own original artwork. Uh, so we've been following them for like a number of years now, just like casually seeing what they've been doing. And then it just so happens that when I got to Anime Expo and we started, they were like three stores uh, down from me, uh, which is crazy because the convention is huge, so they could go anywhere in that space, but it turned out they were, they were three down from me. So I got a chance to meet them. Uh, and they were just telling me, you know, we do certain conventions and we've been to Anime Expo a number of times and kind of build up where we are now to where we're at at the beginning is a big difference and I think that's even more so for for me as someone coming uh, outside of the UK but yeah like you say once you build up that reputation then I think we'll get a lot of enthusiastic support because we do get sales from um, from the United States so I think it's just a case of marketing essentially just like getting our brand out in that in that country Hmm. Yeah, makes sense, man. Um, Alvin, did you want to add anything, Mara? Uh, well, yeah, I'm just looking. You said they're called Boom Slank, yeah? Yeah, Boom Slank. Yeah, I'm looking at the stuff now and it's sick. Well, how, how, how do you spell that? Well, Boom and then S L A S L A N K. Yeah. Boom Slank, okay. Yeah, I definitely recommend them. That's a nice suggestion, man. I'm definitely going to have a look at those guys. Yeah, cool. Yeah, we'll definitely yeah. check those out as well. They're really cool. They're just like uh, really enthusiastic guys. Yeah, yeah, brilliant, man. Okay, and um, yeah, well, I guess we've we've got to ask as well. Um, Japan, uh, the home of manga, the spiritual home of manga. Um, yeah. Have you guys had any um, been able to get any kind of traction in in the Japanese market at all, or uh, is that something you're still um, so kind of working towards? We are still working towards, and that is something where it's almost like, you know, in a story where you get the, the hero character who has to train and he has to acquire certain skills before you can, you know, go to the final boss uh, something like that. So that's kind of where I feel we're at the moment. We need to, you know, get all our stuff together before we go to Japan and say, this is what we've done with, <laughs> with, your, with your manga. Uh, Please judge us and hopefully like it. But <laughs> so we haven't quite got to that that point there. But I think having done yeah, the convention in California this year, uh, last year I went to France and did a convention there. Uh, I think it will be a matter of time before we, we go. Okay, how do we go to Japan in, in in some way? Whether it's a convention, whether it's speaking to shops over there whether it's taking another trip out there for ourselves and doing some doing some scouting, but yeah, we need to make this happen. So it's something we're working on. Uh, but yeah, it's just like, we just want to be ready for uh, for that and, and figure out the best way to make an impression there. Mm, yeah, for sure. Yeah, no, I can totally um, imagine. As soon as you said, like, the, the, the kind of hero's journey analogy, I remember yeah. yeah. of... Um, of Possibly my my favourite manga of of all time, which is a Lone Wolf and Cub. Uh -huh. um, I absolutely lo I adore Lone Wolf and Cub. I I just think it's one of the 
the most beautiful, shocking, moving um, mangas I've ever read. And, and right at that story's core is, is this story of, of the hero's journey, of, of the yeah. journey, the, the path through hell that... Um, um, that uh, oh god, his name's like completely gone from my brain after I've just said he's my favourite character. Uh, <laughs> but the journey that Lone Wolf um, kind of takes and his son Diago will take um, to get to the end. And, um, you know, I, I kind of now have this image for those of you who are watching or listening who are familiar with Lone Wolf and Cub, the um, the original series by um, uh, uh, Kojima and Gozeki. Um, You'll remember that the, in the final uh, book, there's a, a beautifully drawn scene by Kaseki where um, uh, Lone Wolf is facing his enemy finally on a beach, and the beach is completely deserted, it's completely quiet, it's very early in the morning, um, and he's just kind of looking out onto this beach and seeing his enemy off in the distance, and that's kind of what the, the image that popped into my head of, of, <laughs> of Mayamada on this beach with Japan just off in the distance, and this final journey. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, I, I, can, I can imagine that that's, um, that's going to take a, a little while for, for things to fall into place, but um, it sounds like from what you guys are doing, you know, if, if you know, touch wood, everything... Uh, keeps growing in the way that it is that um, you'll you'll be ready soon. So yeah, yeah. sounds like a a good one. Um, again, boys, did you want to jump in with anything on on those? No, I'm, I'm good with that, man. Yeah, I, I, I was looking at the the boom the boom slank um stuff. Oh, yeah, okay. Man. Yeah, there's cool. some there's some there's some pretty decent people, man. Um, yeah, mm. no, yeah, nice 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 for the for the heads up on that, um, Nigel. Yeah, it's alright. See, as you know, listeners, that's what we do. We give you recommendations, man, even when you least expect it. So, you know, you've got a good one there from Nigel. Um, was there any uh, specific uh, kind of mangas, um, titles that, that inspired um, Mayamada and, and, and what you guys are doing? or Basically, okay. what were your favourites when you were growing up? Did, was there anything that you kind of picked up, any books that, that really kind of um, spoke to you in, in that way? Um, so I was like, when people ask us a question, like, what and us? Because uh, our response is just usually unexpected. And because our, a lot of our influences don't actually come from manga in terms of the stories we create, uh, we like to do things differently. Um, like I said, going back to the question about um, why we chose animals, like, we wanted, we wanted something that was, uh, that was different. And in terms of writing our stories, we wanted something that didn't just reflect the same manga stories. It's the, the visual styles like that, but we did want it to be another uh, another manga uh, story. So we tried to look outside of uh, manga and comics. And I know for me, I don't want to speak for Lao um, because he's not here, but mine come from weirdly from drama, from like novels that I've read uh, when I was younger, um, even novels that I've read uh, as an adult and like fantasy. And uh, I know Lau's taking some inspiration from TV shows like 24 uh, and just a mix of things. And yeah, we just try and keep it, keep it original as best we can by looking outside the source material. So even though for me, I, uh, I really like uh, Lupin 
um, was kind of my one of my favorite characters. It was the way that story uh, and the character uh, acts and his personality. And when I was younger, I, I watched a bunch of Transformers, like a lot of Transformers, and got into it through there, uh, like Dragon Ball Z. Um, I was more of a visual person. So so when I was younger, so I'd watch more than I'd read. And uh, yeah, Transformers Dragon Ball Z sort of got me into it. Then I started, you know, watching other things. Um, but yeah, in terms of inspiration, we try and look just outside of what we're doing or the source material of what we're doing and get inspiration from just anywhere and everywhere. Cool, cool. Yeah, that's um, that's really interesting. Actually, that um, you pulled out so many different um, types of of stories and, and movies and, and TV and all of those different things. It's, it's really interesting to hear how how all of that has kind of shaped um, what you guys do now. Um, yeah, I, it does surprise people. I guess the, yeah, because I guess the thinking for for most people would be, oh, you know, you'd you'd name the you know battle royale or, or uh, you know, or GTO, yeah, you know, whatever. Yeah, Kira, you know, Fist of the North Star, yeah. something like that. So, um, yeah, it's interesting. And it's funny you mentioned M24 as well, because that was kind of one of the things that, that stood out to me when I first saw um, some of the art uh, that I saw for, for the books you were producing for, um, I think it was, I can't remember which one it was I skipped through. I think it was um, Sirius. And I think in Sirius there's, oh, yeah. there's actually... Um, I'm trying to remember this this specific scene now, and I can't remember the specifics. But you could basically you can really feel the um, the the kind of 24 vibe almost to the way that the story is kind of told and the way the artwork is framed and and how everything yeah. kind of fits together. Um, so yeah, now you've you've kind of said that it's like oh yeah, like suddenly it all kind of yeah you know it all makes sense. It, it <laughs> yeah. So it, I mean, and you know, it's not to say that. Um, we don't know about these things, but it's a case of when you create a story, and actually I was having this conversation over the day, like the idea of originality is not necessarily coming up with something completely different. It's, you know, sometimes taking what you've seen before and applying it in different ways. So when you're writing stories and you're, or, um, the things that you've seen, so whether it's other shows or, or your everyday life, you kind of you put that into your story. So what we didn't want to do is like go and read a bunch of manga and just do that again because that's what we've seen. So we're, we're mindful of you know, watching different things. So I've been you know, watching a lot of uh, trying to catch up on like uh, Disney Pixar films and seeing how they uh, how they approach storytelling and how they get their message across in in their story and yeah, watching other. Uh, films, reading other books, and just trying to learn from things that are outside of of the source material. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that that's something I completely um, agree with as well. Because just just as a fan, as somebody who kind of consumes the, these things, um, you know, my belief has always been exactly the same as well. You know, I never really. Um, expect a, a, a writer or an artist or you know a filmmaker or whatever it is to, to reinvent the wheel so to speak mm. um, you just need to you know for me to, to be get interested in it is to just present um, ideas that I may be familiar with but present it in a way that feels fresh to me that feels 
different yeah. in some way. Um, and as long as you can do that, then, you know, for me, I'm, I'm usually all on board. Um, and I think that's the thing. I think sometimes people do get a bit caught up in, in trying to be different. And, you know, we've got to be different. We've got to be this. We've got to be that. And, and sometimes you, you don't have to. If, if something works, then, you know, go with the thing that works and just kind of present it um, through your perspective. Um, and then yeah. that's where people kind of connect with it, you know? Exactly. Yeah. I think it's more, it's not so much about being different, but it's being authentic and that if you do that right, that kind of takes care of the, of the different thing. So, you know, we just tell stories that uh, mean something to us and we tell it in a way that you kind of, that comes out of our imagination. And so hopefully that combination means we put out something that is interesting to people. Hmm. Mm. Yeah, for sure. That, that, that's um, that's definitely the way to go, man. So yeah, that's that's good to hear. Um, guys, anything you wanted to jump in with? No, no, no. It was, it was just it was just really really cool just listening to the how you kind of structure yourself. And I think, like you said, I think that's what a lot of people do. They just decide that they want to they want to be this, but and they just focus on that so much so that they forget what they what they're trying to do. And it's kind of like mm. what we run about. Well, what you Jay, said, Jay, is more about. Um, some people think that, you know, that they, they need to reinvent the wheel. There's nothing wrong with the original wheel. It gets you from A to B, <laughs> especially if you've got two or four. So like, <laughs> and, um, and it's like what we were saying about DC and Marvel. Whereas, you think like, you're not going to have jokes in it because Marvel have jokes and stuff like that. And and now essentially they're suffering. Yeah. Um, so yeah. I think that's a really, really fresh outlook and take on what you've said about, about looking at different things people normally wouldn't put two and two together, you know, you know, to, you know, to get for. So, uh, exactly. so, so anybody who's out there, take, take notes, man, take notes. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. That is the, um, the, the philosophy. So if you are a creator and you're watching or listening, then, you know, hopefully Nigel's words have, have, have chimed in with you there, because um, that does make a lot of sense. Um, Alvin, did you want to uh, add anything, or you any questions come up for you? Yeah, no, that was just interesting hearing that, to be honest, because you never really often get the chance to hear people speak about, like, their creative process and as to how how they create. So hearing, you know, it's, it's not always about, like, doing something entirely brand new, but kind of taking influences and kind of, like, adapting it you know, to, to your sensibilities and what makes you unique, which is essentially kind of what George Lucas did with Star Wars. He just took like archetypes and then mm. put them all together and then wrote the script a few times and then came out with something that was or seemed entirely original to science fiction, which is kind of like what you guys are doing with, with your manga. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely, man. Absolutely. So, um, yeah, all power to you guys for that, man. <laughs> Um, all right. Well, I think we've kind of covered most of the questions, to be honest, Nigel. Um, so uh, thanks a lot for uh, joining us on the pod, man. Um, before you go, do you want to um, give a quick plug for anything that you're working on now? Um, and do you want to let people know where they can find you as well? So uh, I guess the best place is mymada.com. So just go to M-A-Y-A-M-A-D-A.com. And you'll be able to check out our universe. So our characters are on there, the different comics. We've got uh, little previews of each of the comics that are currently out. 
be able to see our social media links as well. So that's kind of the, the one-stop shop for all things My Matter. So you can go and check that out. In terms of what we're working on at the moment, we've got, uh, you mentioned the Be Creative campaign. Um, I definitely encourage your listeners and to get involved and uh, share what creativity means to you and join the discussion. So that would be cool to see. Uh, so that's what's happening now. We're also working on a new comic for the end of the year, uh, Serious, and we've already released Serious issue one. It's like 20 odd page comic, working on the volume one, which will be a uh, 100 or so pages uh, once it's done. So that's to come this year. Uh, and then we're also working on our next gamepad event, which is the video game event that we do. And uh, I guess you guys have seen what we've done before. And the plan is to take, you know, the next one and future events to uh, another level in terms of the games, in terms of the, the way we present it, the experience we're providing. So that's something that's going to come in December. Wicked, wicked. Yeah, I forgot to mention the um, the gamepad events as well. Um, for again, for anybody listening, watching, um, the gamepad events look really, really cool. It's it's um, from what I've gathered, Nigel, it's really just kind of like a, a social event, but with um, gaming involved, to that people come together and, and kind of game in a in a friendly environment. Is that is that kind of the gist of it? Yeah, pretty much. So it's this this whole thing we've got of social gaming. So. Uh, I mean, when we were younger, we played like in the same room. So the same, you know, co-op we had, uh, played a lot of uh, GoldenEye. I just remember that on the N64 and just having that split-screen four-player, uh, friends in the same room, having fun, enjoying each other's company. And, you know, we've, we've now gone to a place where a lot of the gaming is done online. And not that there's anything wrong with that, but we feel that there's still a place for people uh, of all kinds to come together in the same space and uh, meet, be social, have fun around games. So that's the idea behind the event. And yeah, we just want to sort of improve on what we've done at previous events. So we've got a new venue and we'll be updating our website with like details of what's going to be coming in the future. Cool. Cool. All right, everybody. Well, make sure you check out um, my mother and, and follow them uh, on various social media platforms. What I'll do is, um, once this video is complete, I'll put up some links uh, to their website um, and to the social media as well, so you can uh, get a gist of what's going on there, especially if you're interested in uh, the Be Creative campaign um, and the Gamepad events as well. Because, um, yeah, like you, I, I remember you know playing GoldenEye with, with friends and uh, things like that, and that was just you know one of the great experiences of, of, of social gaming, really. That has kind of been lost a little bit, in, as you said, in our um, you know in our online gaming era. Um, now it's just yeah. kind of it's just kind of people chucking racial abuse at each other. Around yeah. the <laughs> <laughs> so um, yeah, you know it, it's it, it's good to bring back that that kind of social element. So um, yeah, good luck with that, man. And um, you guys are going to be at MCM Comic Con this year. Yes, we're going to be at uh, so we've got three conventions. We're going to be at MCM, uh, Hyper Japan, and also taking a trip to Leeds for Thought Bubble. Excellent, excellent, cool. All right, man. Well, we'll definitely see you at um, MCM Comic Con because we're we're going both days this year. Um, nice. 
So yeah, we'll we'll definitely come in there and check you guys out, man. Um, Alvin, uh, anything you wanted to chime in with, mate, quickly? Uh, what in regards to? Um, just in regards to um, Gamepad and to where um, you're at in terms of social media and stuff as well. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, Nigel, man, what you're doing is cool. I look forward to like seeing what you guys do in the future. I think Gamepad is cool as well because like you said, back in the day it was everyone sat around a couch, winner stays on, on Tekken 2 and all that kind of sure. thing. Um, but yeah, uh, yeah, people, uh, listen, you can catch me on, face, on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter at BigAGL85. No, at BigA85GL. Sorry, I always do that. Uh, and yeah, that's, that's it really, yeah. Cool, cool. And you've got a couple of um, new videos out as well, haven't you, on your YouTube Yeah, channel? yeah, yeah. Cool. Yeah, um, yeah I'm, a, I'm a Twitter and um, on Instagram. You can, you can check those out if you want. They're not that great, <laughs> but, you know, I may as well put content up because we've got a camera, so screw it, innit? You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, might as well, man. Might as well. Um, Rich, did you want to um, add anything for Nigel and to uh, promote, promote anything? Sorry. Yeah. Uh, um, Nigel. Nigel. No. Yeah, when, right. when we get when do we get some t shirts? I want some towel. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Direct. Okay. Um oh, we'll smell them. <laughs> <laughs> Which t shirts do you want? Pardon? Which t shirts do you want? Um uh, um oh shit. I, the, you wanna know the joke? The, the actual the actual thing I think I've actually got everything you've got. That's I what think. I was getting to. Yeah, I was gonna say <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna say, like, I'm sure you've got everything. We need to make yeah, some new. Yeah. yeah, 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 man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Well, you know me already, man. Whenever you see, you won't always bang up that merchandise in, a, in, a, in the comment book. <laughs> no, I definitely appreciate that. Uh, yeah. Um, well, everyone knows where to find me. Uh, Instagram, uh, Rich Reviews or Rich underscore Reviews. Um, and then also uh, at Wulong Talks, uh, the blog that me and Jay work on, uh, or Jay and myself work on, uh, com. Is anything else? Um, follow uh, my cousin at Girls Talk on Instagram. Uh, that's Adjua Boa. She's also uh, a, a model. She's uh, basically a, a spokesperson for females who are been going through a bit of, you know, tough patches. Uh, it doesn't matter where, you know, where you're from or, or what you're doing. But uh, she's had a couple of um, articles printed in like um, ID magazine, and uh, and, I, and I think for Vice, uh, and she's also the girl that you see speaking to Scarlett Johansson, who asks her what is she in the Ghost in the Shell trailer. But uh, yeah, she's a humanitarian, so uh, yes, yeah, so go give her a, go give her a follow on Instagram as well. Um, and that's it, really. Um, I'm trying to think of the, if there's anything else. Like, is there? Is there, is there? Um, I'm gonna keep on saying it until it until it until it happens. Make sure you've watched Stranger Things. They get down. <laughs> yeah. Knock off yeah. out. It's on the 30th. Like, <laughs> God damn. I'm turning I'm turning hip hop DJ, yo. Yeah. <laughs> 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 no, Nigel, have you had the chance to um, watch any of those shows yet? In two of the three that you mentioned. So I still need to watch Narcos, but uh, the other two I have seen. And yeah, they're excellent. Go watch them. Cool, cool. Well, I can speak for Narcos. I just finished that. Um, and yeah, season two 
definitely delivers. Definitely delivers. I'll avoid spoilers. Um, I'll write about it on the blog. Um, but yeah, it definitely delivers. Although I'm kind of curious as to where they go now, because I, I don't know if you guys have heard, but apparently um, Netflix have greenlit another two seasons of, of the show. And if you kind of know Pablo okay. Escobar's story, then you kind of know it ends quite yeah, well. a at some point. Um, and it does that towards <laughs> the end of season two. Um, and they kind of give you a hint in the final episode as to where the, the story is going to go. Um, but it's, uh, you know, historically, um, from a historical point of view, the path that they've chosen to follow from a storytelling point of view is not necessarily as interesting as... Um, or as complex necessarily as um, Pablo Escobar's story is. So we'll have to wait and see what, what they deliver on that front. But I finally started watching Stranger Things. Um, I'm only episode three at the moment. It is amazing, people. If you haven't started watching it yet, go watch it. Um, the Get Down is on my list. I haven't quite got started with it yet, but I will. Um, and I'm going to a premiere on Saturday to see uh, the first episode of Luke Cage um, at Empire Live, courtesy nice. of uh, Flickr and Myth, uh, the website, the film and, and uh, TV website. So, yep, yeah, I'm on a hype for that one. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I'm really looking forward to that. That, that should be cool. Um, and, of course, I'll come back and, and tell you a bit about the experience and, and everything on the next podcast. And, well, by the time we record, the, the whole series should be out. Um, so we'll be able to hopefully get into a nice chat about that as well. Um, all right, quickly before we go, I've got to make sure that I do uh, a couple of big ups as well. Um, I've got a big up, uh, my boy Dean, who's celebrating his birthday today. Um, Dean is somebody who's uh, done a few little things for us in the past in terms of uh, helping us with our artwork and our logos um, and some of the things that you see pop up on our YouTube channel and on the blog. Um, Dean's a really, really cool person. He's, he's done all of these things for us, um, you know, without any kind of um, ask about payment or anything else. He's just kind of done it um, because he, he believes in what we're doing. So Dean, happy birthday to you, man. Um, hope you have a good one. And you see, I did big you up this time because you were saying I didn't big you up before, but I did. So yeah, I bigged you up. <laughs> no witness. No witness to that. Yes, exactly. Nigel, here's a bit of witness to that. <laughs> um, quickly, also, I want to give a, a, a quick shout out as well to a couple of other podcasts. I'm sorry, I've written it down. Um, uh, got to big up the, the boys Glenn and Massey from uh, Two Uncool Podcast. Um, it's still one of the funniest uh, new podcasts that I found out there. They're, these two guys are really hilarious. Um, the most recent episode was uh, about their adventures going clubbing for the first time in, in many years. Um, and yeah, it's just the stories they come back with are just are just crazy. Um, so make sure you check them out. It's called Two Uncool Podcast. That's number two, and then Uncool. Um, you search for them anywhere on social media or, uh, under that name, and you'll find them. Uh, Glenn and Massey, good guys, man. So check them out. Um, also, my uh, good friend Cheryl Blue is working on a few projects at the moment. I always pick her up at the end of every podcast, and I'm going to continue to do it. Um, she started her Team Biscuits podcast again, um, which is uh, generally about news, about entertainment, it's about gossip, fashion. Basically, it's about having a nice chat with a friend over some Team Biscuits, as you would do. So uh, go and check them out. You can um, Google Team Biscuits podcast, and they'll come straight up. They're on SoundCloud. Uh, Cheryl Blue, you'll find her on Instagram and on Twitter. 
Um, she also has a couple of other projects as well, the Rinks Online, um, which deals specifically with uh, kind of celebrity news. Um, and she also has another project called Tinted Blue, um, which is about giving uh, sex and relationship advice to people. Um, like, we geeks don't do the whole sex relationship thing good, so go check her out. Get some tips from her, she'll hook you up. Okay, we're hoping to get her on the show in the future, so um, stay peeled for that. And uh, finally, I discovered a really good podcast the other day, um, which is called uh, Unfolded Nightmares. Um, it's by a young lady called Daisy Pipes. Um, they're very short podcasts. They're usually about eight minutes long, but they're about um, well, they're about kind of conspiracy theories, uh, the paranormal, um, true crime. Uh, really kind of interesting uh, kind of stories basically from um, American uh, history so for she takes like actual events that have occurred and um, kind of breaks the, the stories down within eight minutes and um, if you like that kind of paranormal type thing as, as I do then um, it's well worth a listen uh, as I said each one is eight minutes long so you really don't have to spend a, a lot of time with it as well so please go and check her out um, if you look for Unfolded Nightmares on social media um, you should be able to pick that up but as I said it's also on SoundCloud right okay um, that's it Nigel again thank you so much uh, man for coming on to the podcast um, it's been really great to, to hear a lot about uh, you know how the brand is going and, and the best of luck to you and Lau uh, going forward as well um, and yeah, as you know, man, we'll, we'll be right here for you. So whenever we see you at the, the cons or anything, we'll, we'll always be there, man. So, um, well, thanks a lot, guys. Really, that, appreciate really appreciate it. Thanks for having me on the show. Yeah, no problem at all, man. No problem at all. Okay, guys, that's it from us. Um, that's the end of podcast episode eight. Uh, we'll be back again very, very soon with episode number nine. But until then, we're going to say goodbye. So it's goodbye from me. Uh, Rich, you want to say goodnight? Live long and prosper. <laughs> Lovely. Alvin peace out see you later cool and it's goodbye from me man so see you guys on the other side